Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are glad and we rejoice in it. I'm so excited to be on your way again. I'm still your host, Remember Ajo, on this wonderful 28th day of June 2020. And I believe that God will speak to all of us today as we listen to the word of God. Father, we thank you because your word is pure and your word is light. Bless as many people that listen to me over the word right now. Impart them with your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I shared with you last week on the title, Live by Grace. Live by Grace. Live by Grace. And today I'll be talking about the part two of the same message, Live by Grace, part two. And I, I, I want to go to take our text from the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 2. Bible says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Underline that place in your Bible, this grace, wherein in we stand and rejoice. So there's no standing, there's no rejoicing outside this grace. Listen to me, you cannot stand on something that cannot hold you. You cannot stand on something that cannot make you stable, that gives you stability. You stand on something that gives you stability. And this grace gives you stability and makes you rejoice. There are many things that you taught in life that actually gives you joy, but the greatest power that gives you joy is in this grace, is in this grace. And the grace I'm talking about is Jesus. Jesus is this grace. Grace is a person and the grace revolution begins with Jesus. Take Jesus away. Grace has no meaning because Jesus himself is the grace. Listen to me and hear me. People of all walks of life, all over the world are finding freedom from their long-term condition and addiction and bondages. There's one common denominator. I can assure you that there's one common denominator that tips these people over from defeat into victory, from breakdowns into breakthroughs. They all had an encounter with Jesus and caught a revelation of his, of, 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 of his grace. So it's in this grace that things begin to open. Breakdown become breakthroughs. Defeat becomes, uh, be, be, becomes victory. So because what you believe about this person of grace makes all the difference in your life. Now the question I want to ask this morning is that the question is that do you know this grace, this person of Jesus personally? Is he a, 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 a historic figure to you? <laughs> because I know a lot of us have thought about Jesus in Sunday school. Is it is it just a historic figure to you, or a prominent Jewish rabbi to you, or simply the son of a Galilean carpenter? The question is that who is this grace to you? Who is he to you? Who is Jesus to you? Is it just another teacher, or is it just your savior? But I want to let you know, Jesus, Jesus, which is a person of this grace I'm talking about, summarizes himself. In John chapter 15, he has to summarize himself in John chapter 15 so that let's look at it in message translation. He said, I am the real vine, and my father is the farmer. He cut off every branch of me that doesn't bear grape, and every branch that is grape bearing, he prunes down, he prunes back so it will bear even more. You're already pruned by the message I have spoken. In verse 4, live in me, live in this grace, make your home in me, just I do in you. In the same way that a branch cannot bear grape by himself, 
but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. You can never achieve anything without this grace. In verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant, separated. You can't produce a thing. You can't do a thing. You can't produce a thing without me. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown onto the, onto the bonfire. But if you make yourself at home with me and my words at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask with, with you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father showed who he is. <laughs> because I asked the question the other time, do you really know who he is? This is how my father showed who he is when you produce grip, when you mature as my disciples. In verse 9 to 10, I have loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourself at home in my love. If you keep my command, you will remain intimate at home in my love. Hallelujah. That's what I have done. Kept my father's command and make myself at home in his love. And I read the last the last two or three verses. In verse 11, I have told you these things for a purpose. Yes. That my joy might be your joy. And your joy will mature. This is my command. Love one another the way I have loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends. When you do these things, I command you, I am no longer calling you servant because servant don't understand what their master is thinking. <laughs> I wanted to take note of that. Servant don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I have named you friends. I have called you friends because I have let you in on everything I have heard from my father. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11, the Bible says, I know what I am doing. I have planned it all out plan to take care of you, not to abandon you, plan to give you the future you owe for. And Jesus is trying to make us understand that. He said, when you when you do all of this, you are you will make yourself at home in me. You are you are you are with me. I am with you. You love me. I love you. You should you 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 come to understand that that my joy is full. The manifestation of my joy is full in you. Listen to me. He said that I will make you my friend. And you no longer be a servant. And when you understand that you're not a servant, he said, I will let you understand what my father is thinking about you and what he's planning about you. Listen to me. When you come to this understanding of this grace, everything about your life change. Everything about your life change. And I can assure you that you begin to live a life of total fulfillment. Total fulfillment. Total fulfillment. Because Jesus is the revelation. Is the revelation of his, of this grace. Jesus is the revolution of this grace. Take Jesus out of what I'm talking about. Grace is meaningless. Because Jesus has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Let me just quickly say this. Five impacts of grace revolution. 
5-8 part of grace salvation. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 18, the Bible says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Let's look at five impact of grace revolution. Jesus, don't forget, is a person of grace. So let's look at the impact. That's why I say five, because grace stands for five. Five is grace. It's the number of grace. Grace is the number of five. So number one is grace reveals God to you. Grace reveals God to you. If you want to know God, then you have to know grace. <laughs> I love this. You want to know God, you need to know what grace has come to offer to you. Aside from creation, the most amazing thing that has happened in the universe is that the Creator has chosen to reveal Himself. It's not a dis- it's not a distance. It's not disconnected de- 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 deity. The infinite personal God is there and it's not silent. He has revealed himself in his dealing with Israel throughout history. He has revealed himself in scripture and he has revealed himself through Jesus. I love this. He has revealed himself through Jesus. In John chapter 1, 14 to 18, the Bible says, And the world became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. So we receive grace upon grace. For the Lord was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So who made Jesus made him known. In verse 18, which is very important, the Bible says, And the word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. What is the meaning of the word became flesh? It means that the infinite personal, personal God has broken into human, human history in the person of Jesus Christ. Philosophers and theologians has, have speculated, debated, and pontificated about God. But Jesus break through the noise by breaking into the world as the world became flesh. And the world became flesh. The Bible says in the book of verse 18, above is a powerful radical statement about Jesus. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. So Jesus Christ made God known to you. Grace has come to make him known to us. Number two, grace redeems you and reconciles you to God. So that reconciliation from sin, grace comes to redeem and reconcile us back to him. Jesus came to planet earth to repair our broken relationship with God. Redemption means to buy back. So grace came to buy you back from the hands and the claws of the devil. And Jesus did precisely that. Although we did nothing to deserve it. I'm telling you, we did not deserve That's why grace, grace comes to give you what you don't deserve. He went to the cross to pay the price for our sin. He bought us back from sin and death. I thought somebody would be jumping. I thought somebody would be excited. I thought somebody would be clapping. I somebody decided to start to shout grace. Hallelujah. In, verse, in Romans chapter 5, verse 11, let me read this. It will interest you. More than that, we also rejoice in God 
through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Also, in Romans chapter 3, verse 24 to 25, the Bible says, We are justified by the grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. To be received by faith. I don't have so much time. Let me quickly rush through number three. Grace restores you to God's purposes. Another thing that grace does is to restore us to God's purposes. As important as salvation is, it is not the goal of the Christian life. Salvation is not only the goal of the Christian life. It is just the beginning. Hallelujah. Salvation restores God's purpose into your life. Salvation, I want you to say after me again, salvation restores God's purpose into your life. Redemption returns you, returns you to the purpose for which God created you for. To be a bearer of his image and an agent of his kingdom, it did not save, it did not save you for your purposes. I want you to say after me, he saved me for his own purposes. Salvation did not save you for your purposes. Yes, it did not save you for your purposes. God saved you for his own purposes. I love this. You are saved for God's purposes. You are not saved for your own purposes. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 20. 18 to 20. I don't know how many of you are there. 18 to 20. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So one of the things that we enjoy in this reconciliation, grace reconciled us back to God. And now God has not only reconciled us to God, he has also given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God has reconciled the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. So no longer counting our trespasses against us and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. Hallelujah. This is getting so exciting. It's getting so, so exciting. Hallelujah. It's getting so, 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 so exciting. It's getting so exciting. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, the Bible says, As we all, as we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, have been transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And the last but not the least, and that thing that God, the grace does for you, grace trains you. You want to be trained by God, connect to grace. Grace brings more than a pardon. It also brings the process of spiritual formation. It brings the power of the Holy Spirit to energize our growth so that we are progressively conformed to Christ's image. I love this. And we bear fruit for God's kingdom. The same grace that appeared to all men as brought salvation. The very grace, the very same grace also trains, teaches, and disciplines us. I love this. The same grace teaches, trains, and disciplines us. So we are discipled by grace. We are disciplined by grace. We are, teach, we are taught by grace. We are trained by grace. 
Bible says in the book of Titus chapter 2, 11 to 12, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-control. So somebody that say, ah, the grace, grace permits you to live any kind of life. No, grace does not permit you to live any kind of life. In fact, it will make you to live a more righteous life. For this grace has appeared, bringing salvation for all for, for all, for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldliness, worldly passion, and to live self-control, upright and godly lives in the present age. So there's nothing, there's nowhere grace comes to you to make you live an ungodly life, to make you live a life that is wrongly passion, to live a life that has no self-control, a life that is not upright. You know, grace does not teach you like that. Grace does not teach you to go and commit sin anyhow. Grace does not teach you to, to live a life that is that is not godly. It's not teach you to live a life that is not pure or to live a life that is not clean. No. Grace even makes you to live a better life because you cannot be in Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Bible says, I am hidden you, you are hidden me. You cannot live in this Christ or this grace that we're talking about and you live any kind of life. Listen to me. We could accurately call this training process the discipline of grace. Redemption in Christ is a gift. Maturity in Christ is a process. Let me say it again. Redemption in Christ is a gift. Maturity in Christ is a process. It is learned. It is developed through discipline and it is power by grace. As I close, this is what the grace revolution is all about. It is about your life. Touch, change and transform from the inside out. It's about living a victorious life. A life that wins. A life that reigns. Triumphant over defeat. Failure. Triumphant over failure. Triumphant over defeat and triumphant over frustration. Today, I implore you, every one of you listening to me over the world, to encounter the person of grace because in this grace, you are more than a conqueror. I want to challenge you this morning that this grace has offered to you what nothing else can offer to you. Tap into this grace. Live your life in this grace. And I pray for those who are trusting God to begin to live a righteous life. Maybe you should say after me, Lord Jesus, I come before you today. I tap into your grace. I want to live your life into this grace. I want to live a life of godliness. I want to live a life of righteousness. Help me. As I tap into this grace, let my life be whole. Let my life change. I come back, oh God, to you today because I have received the ministry of reconciliation. And from today, my life will not remain the same. In the name of Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer with me, I want to believe that God has begun to do a lot of great works in your life. And I pray for you today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May His countenance shine over you. You will not be defeated. You will never know shame in your life. Great things will begin to follow you. This week shall be a best week for you. In your business, in your marriage, in your family, great things will begin to happen for you. You will not be defeated. I called on the God of grace that from today, great things will begin to accompany you in the name of Jesus. It is well with your soul. 
If you are sick right now, receive grace to be healed through faith in the name of Jesus. If you are troubled in your mind right now, if you are going to one body or the other, receive that grace today through faith to come out of that body in the name of Jesus. If there's trouble in your marriage, receive grace to receive peace. Receive grace and receive peace in your marriage right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I believe that from today, you begin to live by grace. I am still your host, Reverend Muiwa Ajo. God bless you. Until I come your way again on Sunday. I want to tell you that the month of July is going to be a, a superb month. This is a month of greatness. It's a month of expansion in the name of Jesus. Seven is the number of perfection. And you will be perfected in all areas of your life. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen.